welcome to the Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network, the voice of Minnesota agriculture. Managing weeds and pests is a never-ending task for farmers as they strive to achieve maximum yields. A new soybean pest has emerged that is causing concern and is drawing interest from researchers in the Midwest. University of Minnesota entomologist Dr. Robert Cook joins this Field Talk podcast to discuss the soybean tentiform leaf miner and why it's causing concern. Yeah, so this insect, it's called the soybean tentiform leaf miner. And, you know, just a little bit about that name, right? Soybean is obvious because now it's feeding on soybean. The tentiform part refers to the kinds of mines that it makes in the leaves. So this insect, it's a moth and it's caterpillar, lives inside the leaves. And as that caterpillar matures, it makes a tentiform mine meaning that it, it's inside that leaf, hollowing it out, and that's why it's called a mine, and it's called a tentiform mine because the upper surface kind of buckles up a little bit like a tent. So that's kind of the, the reasoning behind that name there, soybean tentiform leaf miner. This is an insect that's, you know, as far as we know, it's always been in the United States or North America, um, feeding on two kind of obscure forest plants. And for some reason, over the last few years, it started to uh, feed on soybean. You know, so it's expanded its host range from feeding on these two um, native legumes that nobody's ever really paid much attention to. And now all of a sudden, feeding on soybean where a lot of people pay attention. Um, we're still not sure of its full potential impact to soybeans. So we've got research going on to figure out how widespread are the infestations in soybean. Um, and so far we've detected it across a broad area in Minnesota and then into North Dakota and South Dakota as well. Um, within individual fields, it seems like infestations are heavier on the edges of fields and especially the edges with trees. You know, so if there's a, a tree line windbreak or a forested area, next to that field, you know, that edge is likely going to have the highest infestation. Um, and, and while these caterpillars are feeding inside the leaves, they're kind of destroying the photosynthetic tissue in there. So essentially, they're reducing the kind of the functional leaf area of the plant that can perform photosynthesis. So that's how we think it will potentially reduce yields, but we haven't yet had time to do the research to see, like, how many of these caterpillars or how much leaf area needs to be destroyed by these caterpillars to result in a certain amount of yield reduction. So that's some research we're going to try to start up this summer. What should farmers do? Yeah. Just kind of pay attention because obviously they, you know, the, any sort of treatment or management isn't, protocols aren't necessarily there yet. Just something for, for growers to keep an eye on or what do you suggest there, Bob? It's a new pest. So with that, you know, like you said, we're, we're scrambling to do as much research as we can so we can produce some guidance to get back out to the farmers, you know, on, on how to manage this thing. Over the last year or so, we've done some preliminary work with insecticides and we've found that uh, some insecticides that have translaminar activity, which means the ability for that insecticide to um, pass through the leaf tissue some insecticides with those kinds of capabilities, like Endigo, as an example, um, can uh, suppress 
uh, infestation levels from this pest. But right now, we, we really don't know enough to be making insecticide recommendations yet. You know, so that's where some of this research that we're hoping to do this summer to look at, you know, what kinds of impacts on yield and things like that um, will really be informative. Uh, like I said, you know, the edges seem to be most heavily infested. So I'm hoping that, you know, if we get to a point where we need to be treating, maybe we could get by with edge treatments. Um, some of these edges in uh, south central Minnesota, down by the Minnesota River Valley, where we've been looking at some fields, were, were pretty heavily infested. Those, those field edges were, were uh, pretty torn up by this insect. You know, certainly at the learning stage right now, but given that you said it did cause some, you know, some substantial or some noticeable uh, damage, that it's definitely something worth continuing to to do research on and learn more about because guys may be uh, contending with this in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we don't know for sure, but it's uh, after being in some of these fields, I'm concerned enough about it where I'm investing, you know, pretty significant time in trying to. Uh, figure out what's going on here. Um, you know, people hearing about this thing, you know, I, I think it would be good to keep an eye out for it. Um, and if you encounter a, you know, a somewhat heavy infestation, you know, if you're willing, I, I'd like to hear about it because we're looking for additional places to do our research. Um, you know, and then as soon as we're doing this research, we'll be uh, trying to get information back out you know, to the farmers and consultants. Uh, but but we need we need to find infested areas to be able to do some of this research, right? To, to evaluate the insecticides or uh, evaluate the potential impact to yield, things like that. Is there like a particular stage, maybe when they start to, you know, well, they would be visible. So if farmers, are, you know, when they're going about their scouting or have someone scouting, is there a time where they perhaps will start to be evident and noticed? Last year, we uh, started scouting in the early vegetative stages of soybean. You know, there are probably three trifoliate leaves on the plants, and we were already finding eggs and spleens from this insect, and they continued throughout the growing season. Um, you know, so it, it seems like it's something that's out there the whole year, probably going through multiple generations on our soybean crop. Uh, it's certainly more obvious Later in the season, it seems like as multiple generations of these caterpillars have uh, created these tunnels or mines within the leaves, right, that, that injury accumulates on the leaves. So you start seeing more and more of these leaves as the season progresses. So that's why, you know, I think it's more obvious later in the year than earlier in the year. One interesting piece of some research that we're kind of wrapping up now is trying to figure out you know, so this, this insect fed on these two native plants, we found it feeding on soybean. What does that mean for other legume crops, right? You know, we produce a lot of dry beans and, you know, there's other legume crops uh, grown in Minnesota and in the U.S. So we've, we've done some uh, experiments in the laboratory and it seems like this thing is pretty uh, restricted to just uh, soybean for whatever reason. We, we did not find it attacking, you know, like, like some of the dry bean varieties or your, you know, your typical green beans that people grow in the garden, lentils, uh, chickpeas. We evaluated a bunch of different legume crops, and it seemed to be really just uh, 
soybean that it was focusing on. We don't know why yet, but uh, that's that's what we're seeing so far. Thanks for joining us. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com and on Apple and Spotify. And be sure to tune into your local LFN affiliate for up-to-date market information, analysis, and farm news.